welcome to another episode Chai Spirits, guys. I'm Parker. I'm John. I'm Morgan. We're joined by Morgan today. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, our topic today is St. Augustine Distillery. Located in? St. Augustine, Florida. The oldest city in the country. Get excited. Is hey, it really? It is. It is. Founded by the Spanish back in forever ago. Huh. <laughs> um, I believe that is the technical term for when it was founded. Oh, yeah. It was forever ago. It was two years shy of forever ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was. But the distillery is a little more recent than that. Uh, right? Yes, oh, so. yes. Um, the distillery was established in, in 2013. They, uh, it's family owned and operated. Pretty cool story, actually. Apparently, two two dozen families ish got together, threw some money together, and they uh, they refurbished this ice plant wow. in St. Augustine that was um, originally in, built in 1907. Can we take a step back? Two dozen families or so. Yeah. So it's. Apparently, a bunch of people like got together in the area and were like, "Hey, let's let's start something." And they they started this distillery and they started with refurbishing this ice plant, and making a distillery, and uh, it's pretty cool. I just can't even think of two dozen friends that I would ask to help me finance something. It was an entire town endeavor, right? Like a, a small town. Well, Saint Augustine being the largest town, or not the largest town, Jacksonville's the largest town in, in Saint Augustine's. But like, yeah. back but, in the day when all this started in twenty thirteen. Um, it, yeah, tiny, tiny town. It's yeah. grown so much. Yeah, it was um, still pretty big. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how they all got together, but they got together and they started this thing. And and more recently, you know all this because you visited there? I did. I was just in St. Augustine a couple weeks ago um, for a, uh, a guy's trip for slash pleasure, fantasy football draft. Sense. Yeah, no, it was a great time. But uh, I made a trip over there, in which I'd heard it was a great place, so we... Went over there and checked it out, and they have like there's like a the distillery, and then there's the the ice plant is now like a bar restaurant, and uh, we had a couple cocktails at the bar, and then I checked out the, the distillery, really cool stuff. In this trip, did you share mm-hmm. with the people the good people there uh, with Chicago's famous spirit, Malort? Um, I did bring Malort you on the trip. Not. I did. I swear oh, to you, God. I did. What how, what format are we talking I both about? Love um, and hate you I brought this six pack of mini bottles. Yes, okay. and that that we all did a shot of um, at one point. Like we poured, we poured a shot and we did it. And you know, of course, I being a strong proponent of Malort, um, I've been singing its praises for over a decade now. Before it was cool. Yeah. Which is it cool now? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> are you great. guys doing the Malort episode? Oh my god! I'm whenever I we get samples to, of the of the variations of Malort, we'll we do have it. To confer with yeah, Jepson. <laughs> and uh, there, listen, there's some Malorts I don't love, but the regular Malort is such a tour de force. Mm-hmm. I wore my Malort shirt on the plane there, um, and you always get a little response from that TSA agents like Malort, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, man. We need to invite go. onto this podcast uh, from Instagram. There's a an account I follow, Malort Diva. Oh. I think that would be you know a potential guest. Just throwing that out. There. I mean, I know, I know enough people. Like, I maybe I could get like Carl Jepsen on the podcast Ooh. at some point once we get this like ghost? once we get like oh the fourth. Oh, um, okay. Once we get like four or five more listeners, <laughs> we get those double digits. Um, I think that's very it's a push possible. goal, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, subscribe, follow. That's all we're doing. But um, I mentioned on the previous podcast with, um, that Stephen joined us on, we've now launched our podcast officially since the, before the recording. This we, Obviously, this is like our 10th episode on the podcast, but I, the recordings of those previous ones, we hadn't actually launched it yet. Now we're in full force. 
And you can find it everywhere podcasts are distributed. Absolutely. As long as that's Spotify. Yeah, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And Apple, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, so really anyone, anywhere anyone's listening, that you can find it. Um, so get excited. You can also go to chispiritsguys.com, which will give you promptly a link to those things. And Email the, us. And nothing else. Email us at chispiritsguys at gmail.com for ideas for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, no, we're excited to get this thing going. I, uh, I have a really good time doing it. I think John does too. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's just fun. We have a lot of great podcasts coming up, a lot of great episodes. and uh, So much content for you all. A lot of content for the people, for the good people. We do this not for us. No, we don't for, drink for us, right? No, I, it's not for me. I don't like doing any of this. It's all for you. Right. It's, this is a labor of love right. for me and for the good people. And we spit out everything we try here. Of course. Like I, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to get drunk here. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, I am... It's irresponsible. This is That's this is my is. job. We sip responsibly yeah. as chai spirits, guys. But uh, anyway, th- thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. Um, getting back to St. Augustine Distillery, um, they're really big on as they're family owned. They partner with all the local local farmers. Like all their grain is locally sourced. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about the different mash bills and things, but a lot of locally sourced stuff. They partner with all local farmers. They're big on giving back to the community and on sustainability. They have like a lot of solar panels and things like that. They're big on like green that. energy. I like that, yeah. They have green initiatives. A and lot they, of and sun they, in the sunshine state. And a lot of donations to local farmers because they're all about the local farming community who then in turn support them by growing all their stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's a really cool partnership with the community, um, which is what you want to see. And that's what they were going into it. These families, they were all about like, hey, we're going to do something that will be good for the community that we can, you know, we can make make money, but also, you know, make money for the community. So they're really cool how it all turned out, and they make a great product. We're gonna be tasting four things today, which we're very excited about: a uh, a gin, a rum, um, and two bourbons. So we're really excited to taste them and talk talk about them. But there's something special about these: the gin, the rum, one of the bourbons. Ah, uh, yes. So three of the four items we're gonna they're gonna be they're finished in port barrels, which is really cool from a local winery. Um, which we're going to get into a little bit later. Um, pretty exciting. And uh, one other thing to note about this thing is they don't do any sourcing or blending with other whiskeys. It is all their own stuff. They, all their own distillate? They do this? Yeah. All their own distillate. Everything's made and then bottled in their place. They do everything right there. There's no like, hey, it's 50% from MGP or 50% from wherever they source. No, it's all their stuff. You got to respect that. Yeah. Which, you know, and sometimes, you, like, I always respect people who do that. Sometimes it's not always great. I think this is the exception to that. It's, mm. It is actually very good. But we're going to taste them individually and talk about them. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, I can't wait. So let's get into it. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. And we're back. And uh, let's, let's start with uh, the gin. They have a, it's the port finished gin. They have a, a regular gin, which is delightful. But uh, the port finished gin, which is literally just the regular gin that they then finish in port barrels... They start with, is there sorry. gin, um, is it aged at all before it goes in the port barrels or is it only aged in port barrels? Do we know that? I believe it's just aged in port barrels. The mm-hmm. regular gin, and gin in general is not aged that right. much or at all. Um, they, their New World gin, which is what this started as, has 13 botanicals. They uh, um, Some of them ground daily in the distillery. Really? Yep. Um, so they start, that's how it starts. A lot of citrusy stuff. So it's like a lot of local Botanicals. So, like, yeah, botanicals. We're talking like maybe dried orange, like, mm-hmm. uh, like juniper. Orange pot, well, yeah. definitely juniper. Yeah. Always juniper. But then, then twelve other things that are like. I know there's a lot of citrus involved. They don't list the all of them, 
Well, they, they can't, right? It's like yeah, proprietary. Yeah, so you want, yeah. You, don't, you want the one you're to make it. But uh, they do talk about, and it's very, it's like citrusy and very Florida-y, um, ah. which is pretty cool. And I mean, then Florida's flower, the orange blossom, right? So I have a, a silly geography question. Sure. It's like St. Augustus. Florida wow. is the United States penis. Yes. Oh, thank God. I was worried. Um, oh, no, but St. Augustine, is that Panhandle? Is that... No, that's West the, Gulf, East That's Coast? on the East Coast. It's okay. between basically Daytona Beach and Jacksonville. So like in between there. So almost Where is that in relation to Orlando? Because that's the only place I've ever been. So Orlando's like in the middle. And Pensacola. Oh place. yes, yes. I've been to Pensacola. It's it's which is to say we've been on spring break. Well Pensacola, I've been to a wedding in Pensacola. It's Alabama. And I promised my friend I wouldn't be back till his funeral. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's I, I would drive through it only to go to New Orleans because it's like an hour from there. Yeah, Pensacola is not ideal, but uh, um, no. Anyway, so, Saint Augustine, Saint Augustine. I, listen, I, if you've been on I ten, you guys know it's a rough drive. Um, but Saint Augustine is almost Jacksonville on the east coast. So Jacksonville is okay. like the very northern part of Florida on the yes. on the coast. Saint Augustine is a little bit south of there. Okay, and. Uh, they're very famous for being the first city ever. The Spanish founded. They have like these uh, coquina rock forts, Pretty like the walls are made of coquina rock. Like I, I went there. John might have too on field trips when we were children um, to check out the forts. Coquina rock, kind of like you're shooting the cannons. Exactly, it's a very Aww, cool yeah. spot. The coquina rock absorbs cannonballs. So it is so, a so very say, fortress. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know that. So pretty cool. I'm yeah. Learning so much already. Hey, you should you go to Saint Augustine? It's a great time. But uh. Specifically, this gin, as we talk about, 13 botanicals, mm-hmm. um, and then it's finished in port barrels from the local uh, San Sebastian winery, which is also in St. Augustine. Um, they're finished in those barrels for six months. Wow. So for, you know... It does have like a, a cidery golden kind of color to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, it definitely doesn't look like most gin that I've ever had. So give it a give it a, a nose here and see what, what you come up with. It's it's actually really... it's le- It's got like a nice... It almost smells like a flower. I and feel like it's strong on the juniper. Yeah. Yeah, very floral. I agree. I get less... I mean, I get what you're saying with a little bit of, like, juniper, piney kind of, but it's mostly, for me, like... And theoretically, there'd be some citrus in here, because they, they do claim there's a lot of citrus going on. Like an orange blossom. Some yeah. lemon, yeah. But like a citrusy floral note. Yeah. Orange blossom. It's almost like, it's almost like lemon um, vanilla. Almost like a the lemon cello LaCroix. Ooh, that's very piney. Yeah. Oh. That's fun. Yeah. What do you think, Morgan? I like that. That's that's different. Like I enjoy gin to begin with. But that's that is different. It like puckers your mouth a little bit. There's well, and being aged too, I mean it definitely drinks more I mean there's obviously a gin, but it drinks a little more like a a bourbon than it would your normal gin unfinished like mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. spirit but you were right when you said there was like a lot of limoncello to it like the tail end is definitely has a lot of citrus a lot of lemon to it yeah mm-hmm. it's almost like if you put a little ice on that 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 could be like a very lemon forward cocktail a lemon finished cocktail like a lemon drop or something yeah i mean it's very good i'm not sure what cocktail exactly is right for it there's definitely some bitterness at the front note though like do you like that, or because I, it's a kind of a matter of taste? Well, I like again. I like gin. I like that juniper flavor. So for me, this is lovely. No, I, it's very good. I, 
My only thing is with, and I'm noticing we're collecting a lot of barrel aged gins. Yes. Here, here at the, uh, the fortress, and uh, the fortress I don't know a lot of cocktails that are good for barrel aged gin because it's like you don't really put that in a martini, which is my go to gin drink. But why not? Why not a martini? Well, just start with a little kind bit of, of soda. That's my go to. Sure. You know, I gin and soda. Like, yeah, it lends itself to a simple cocktail, not yeah. like. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's we can do an episode on oh. barrel aged gin cocktails because this might be nice in a bee's knees. Throw a little bit of honey in Ooh, there, a little yeah. bit of lemon. I do love a bee's knees. There's a canned cocktail from Chicago Distilling called Bee's Knees. Oh, yeah. That's really good. So maybe we're onto something there. That's, mm-hmm. that's great. Also, great to have them as a new sponsor on this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Local distillery that I enjoy their product. Any final thoughts on that before we move to the next one? Um, you know, I, I I do get the citrusiness of it that they're talking about, but it's a lot of it's very it's more juniper forward than I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. Admittedly, I've tried it once before, but in the midst of like four other things, so kind of tough to nail it down. But no, it's I like it a lot. I think I would drink that straight more than anything, but I'm looking forward to trying to find some cocktails for it. I agree. I think that that, especially on a summer day with some ice, is really nice. Did we mm-hmm. share the proof on that, by the way? Uh, no. Oh, let me see here. It is 100 proof. That does not drink like 100 proof. No, it's mm-hmm. kind of nice and easy, It drinks really. like closer to 80. And I'm just saying most flavor. Yeah, most I, liquors that I drink are 90 and below. I wouldn't have guessed I don't that. love the heat. Right. So I think that with a little bit of ice would be perfect. Now, this next item, which another favorite of mine is being the rum guy, but uh, is Stone's Throw Rum from them. But they do they do gin, they do rum, they do bourbon, they do vodka? Um, they, do, they did have a vodka. They make a vodka. Okay. Really, everyone who has a distillery makes a vodka. It's pretty easy to make. Um, I generally don't buy vodka just because from those kind of places because you're not getting – I want to see what they're doing with like a port matured rum, which is this what we're – getting into here is a rum finished in port, which is pretty cool and unique. Whereas vodka is just, hey, it's vodka. The the gin was port finished also, mm-hmm. right? Okay. What did it say port matured? Is that just cheeky? Yeah. No, it's, it was finished in port. Um, I usually don't know how long. They don't say how long it's been matured. But I didn't this get... is like This was like a, I didn't know this at the time, this was like a limited release from them because they do a, a variety of rum finishes. We don't really chase limited releases here at Chai's Periods. No, it was like literally I went to the tasting bar and they're like, hey, try this. And they had a big stack of bottles of it. I'm like, I would, I like that. Let me buy a bottle of it. I mean, you are a Chai rum guy. I am Chai rum guy. Um, and it was great. And But that was then. I was on vacation at the time. Let's taste it in the cold day of cold light of day <laughs> or a cold day of light, depending on how much I had to drink. And... Uh, Ooh. Give it a nose. What do you think? I very caramelly. I get a lot of the port on the fucking nose. I, I agree. Really? Yeah. Pardon my language, everybody. It's almost it's like very sweet smelling port. Like mm-hmm. I get molasses like, in port. I'm getting like butter. Butter. It, it's kind of creamy. Got, it's like it, like it, immediately it caramel reminds corn. me of brunch this morning. Ooh, caramel corn, definitely. Oh caramel. my god, that is actually exactly what it really? is. It 100 percent is. It's caramel corn, caramel or like corn. butterscotch, like a yeah. like a butterbeer. A butterbeer, or just like caramel corn, like I think Halloween. Think yeah, caramel candy corn, corn, candy corn. No, it's definitely yeah. not candy corn. I don't know. I get I get candy corn in this. It's like I yeah. feel like I'm biting into a candy corn and smelling this thing. You clearly don't need the right candy corn. Well, all candy corn was made in 1934. So it is true. It's been it's gonna outlive all of us too. But this is like 
you know, grandma pulls a candy out of her pocket and that's what you're getting. No, she's got a jar. She's not pulling out of her pocket. Well, like, I mean, maybe your grandma's not pulling out of her pocket. Well, sometimes grandma's My grandma on the go. comes prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grandma's on the go needs to have candy in the pocket. But it, it definitely has like a caramel corn butterscotch flavor. Right. I'm going in on this. Do it. Get in there. It's, it's, it's kind of a more subtle palette than you'd expect from the nose. Well, admittedly, too, we're coming from a pretty, like, piney gin. So yep. I'm kind of trying to set that aside. Sure. Like, I, I feel like it does taste a little bit like it knows, like it smells. And, but it's a lot more subtle. Man, I like that. That's a different... We, I don't think we've had a rum like this. I don't I think we've ever had a, a port finished rum. Mmm. And I'm I'm here for it. Um, it man, kind of, it's good. Yeah, it kind of um, gives it some complexity and like this uh, less sweet, more like a savory, yeah, fruitiness. Fruitiness, yeah. Like it's like oh. a savory fruitiness. It reminds me of a like, or something like a stone fruit. Yeah, kind of like plumish um, kind of thing going on. Like the skin of a plum. Not quite that, but I appreciate that reference. Thank you. Um, but yes, it gives it gives me like like a dark stone fruit. Kind of combo there, and I'm here for it. Yeah, this is a this is a great rum to have on the shelf because it's not like anything else, especially like from the Caribbean. I feel like we drink a lot of Caribbean rums, and this is mm-hmm. just completely different. It's less sweet. Do they have a dosage on this, or do we? Um, uh, not that, no, they don't. They don't tell you. I remember it doesn't what taste that like word it. means, though. I'm proud of you. Thank you. So the added sugar content, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. I learned. Very good. What do you think of the rum, Warren? I like it there's definitely a lot of heat to it that the gin didn't have which um very interesting because it's 94 proof the gin it is yeah it's a lower proof but i feel like there's a lot more heat with it but i did take a sip of water and kind of swish out and tried it again and it still does have that really strong caramel flavor to it um i don't think it has a lot of port flavor to it that i can detect but i also when i think of port i always think of like a very uh, raisin flavor. Sure. No, I mean, it's definitely, that's like that dark fruit kind of flavor. Right. Mm. So it's not what mm. I'm getting there, but I mm. do like it. Like that was, it was lovely. Like mm. it was, had the nice caramel tones to it that were really nice. Or caramel for our listeners in other parts of the country. <laughs> caramel. Did you drink soda or drink pop? Uh, it is soda. That, is, that is, is the correct answer. It's pronounced LaCroix. <laughs> Or you're from Atlanta and you drink Coke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's anything down south. Mm-hmm. I do like it though. It is nice. Yeah. I wonder. Wait. Um. Did I miss it? Did you say what the grains are for this? Um. For let's see here. I, guess I it's actually be sugar cane. So it's molasses from Florida grown sugar cane. Okay. Great eight fancy molasses. And they and it's aged initially in their own bourbon barrels. Oh, which is kind of unique, actually. So they age the rum, so it comes out as I thought. It know, tastes a little bit corn, fresh still, and they age it in their their own bourbon barrels, and then they finish it in the port barrels. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you get a little bit of that that bourbon influence. Oh, the name is cute. Did you already talk about that? Stones Throw. Um, yeah. No, not yet. So they call it Stones Throw Rum because the winery that they get the barrels from is a stone's throw away, also in St. Augustine. That is cute. That is. Cute. Which is great. Really cool. And now I'm like, next time I'm in St. Augustine, I'm going to this winery. Yeah. You're just going to take a rock with you? Yeah, throw, just just to throw see. it in the window. Just hey, stone throw. No, I want to I go there. I'm going to try the port. I'm going to try some other stuff they have. And yeah. Now I'm interested. It's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that, that's a good one. 
but no, great. Honestly, and this is, I think this is the first domestic. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Kohana is domestic instead of Hawaii. Oh, good. The catch. first, the first mainland domestic rum we've tried. Well, also the first Florida rum, which Florida For produces sure. a few. For sure, and it's pretty freaking good. Are there any other states that we can think of that have produced rum? Uh, uh, New England's got a rum, um, Privateer. Is that really from New England? It is. It is. Um, that's Massachusetts, a fa- or yeah, that's a favorite of uh, our patron Todd. Mm-hmm. I have a couple bottles of it on the on the shelf here, and it is very. I actually drank some of it the other night. It's very good, but yeah, there's not a ton of domestic rum that you hear about. So it's really cool to try some U.S. mainland rum. What about that? Um, oh, I can't think. Of, what's another one that comes from Florida? Rum-wise, yeah. I don't think – I can't think of any off the top of my head, honestly. Because Hamilton, there's a pick by Florida Rum Society, but that's well, not Florida, right? Yeah, which I have that on my shelf too. Um, that is a Florida Rum Society pick, but it's a blend of Guiana and like Martinique, I think. And uh, yeah, that is a blend of Guiana and, and I think Martinique. But yeah, that was just their pick of rums. It doesn't actually from Florida. But that is now available all over the place, that Florida Rum Society pick. So it was that good, the batch that they uh, – they spread it out across the world. Anyway, on to what you guys really care about, bourbon. But this is the uh, the Florida straight bourbon. It is uh, 60% Florida corn, all, Flor- all locally grown Zelda corn. Zelda Corn Festival. Hell yeah. Uh, 22% barley. They, they sp- wow. specifically say is not Florida barley. So Well, you can't grow barley in Florida. No, no. What percentage? It's 60% Florida corn. Right. 22% barley, 18% Florida wheat. That is wild. That so, is a very weird mash bill for mm-hmm. bourbon. You don't see that high barley usually. To be a bourbon, you need to have 51% corn. Corn. Okay. Yep. So we're there. And then okay. usually there's a flavoring then, grain that's either, most of, for a long time it was just rye. And then wheat came on board like in the 30s. And But barley is not usually the most uh, second most uh, ingredient yep. in the mash bill. So this is really weird. It's kind of like, more like a scotch in oh, that sense. Mean. Yes, I mean, it's mostly corn, so it's not that far over. But yes, usually it's like use, closer than other bourbons. But that eighteen percent weeded too—it's basically a weeded bourbon. It's not despite, nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's let's see how it stacks up like a Weller. Yeah, they they do call this the Weller of Florida, right? I mean, they they do now. The Weller Green Label of Florida. It's the Weller. Mm-hmm. Let's give it a. Ooh, it's got this really nice bready smell. Mm-hmm. It's like fresh baked wheat bread. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my. I like that nose a lot, actually. Yeah. I'm not it, upset by that. It kind of it kind of weirdly reminds me of like Larceny Barrel Proof. Well, maybe that makes the, sense. the weed of it. Yeah. It smells like I opened a bread box. No, that's actually bakery. really what like is, that. What is the, it's only 88 proof, though. So it's uh, very, a little more approachable. Yeah. They're giving you some room. It's so weird. <laughs> Hmm, I like that. That's um, that's very easy to say. Mm-hmm. Now, now this is aged for three or more years, like at least three years, and then there's no chill filtering involved. They actually do as little filtering as possible, which is why we neglected to mention um all of the bits and pieces. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, right. Um, use your teeth to filter it. You can really taste that bread, though. Like yeah, the wheat in there. Yeah, the sip is a lot like the palate, and I, I think that you can definitely taste it. It's um, proofed down uh, yeah. a bit, and that might help because sometimes, I mean, to be quite honest, 
you have a young bourbon at barrel proof, you're getting a lot of like the grain taste. Mm -hmm. And I think that whoever whoever decided to do it at was it 88 proof mm -hmm. must have really been tasting at different proof points and deciding. I see. I what see. Is, I'm sorry. What, what is classified as a young bourbon? Well, I mean, I feel like it's more of taste than years. Yeah, I mean, usually. So I've had, I've tasted some things that are that taste young. That are usually they're like two ish years. I think that's a good metric. The, the occasional like one year where that's like tastes really mm -hmm. young, very grainy. Well, mm -hmm. PBR, they have a whiskey that's aged for one second, right? Five seconds. Five yes. Seconds. Um, <laughs> and they're very proud to tell you about that. Um, yes. But it's a white. It's a white whiskey. So they have a hole in the top of the barrel and a hole in the bottom yep. of the barrel, and they just kind of. Well, because technically, to be called like whiskey like that, you all you have to do is touch a barrel. Ah, so they really right. pour it through a barrel. Yeah, love the um, loophole. Yeah, that's exactly what they were doing. But uh, uh, this one, I can see I, I left one note I forgot to delete from our previous rundown, where it says seventeen years. That is from the Belvendi podcast. Um, oh yeah, such a young seventeen. Yeah, right. But uh, three plus years. Um, and then I've got some tasting notes that they provide. Now, do you get toffee, marshmallow, leather, stone fruit, and vanilla on the nose? I could see. I could actually see marshmallow. I could get leather. Also tobacco, but they don't have tobacco. They have tobacco on the palate, actually. I'm oh. so right with just wheat bread, though. Yeah, I really just think wheat bread is such a strong. Like, I have a hard time picking up anything else. I'm amazed it's not on there. I, I feel like uh, on the palate, I, I get the tobacco on the palate, and I also get the uh, kind of car like deep caramel. Mm -hmm. they, they say chocolate. Like I guess I get that, but it's like more like a. I kind of see it's more of like a deep caramel than a chocolate, but it's like I caramel over chocolate for sure. Yeah, but like I get that, and the finish is like kind of sweet, a little creamy. I get that. What's bra oh brazil nut? I was like, what's brazil nut? No, brazil. <laughs> yeah, I guess the palate I taste. I mean, the palate to me still tastes very weedy, still very bready. It's much sweeter to me. Like I get than the, the nose. caramel for sure than the nose. Yeah, the nose is is literally you open up a bag uh, a bag of wheat bread. It's, it's can, what, what do you think about it though? Like, I think you can taste a lot of grain on it and normally I don't like that, but for this I do. Well, cause it doesn't taste to me like it's like a super young kind of grain though. Cause I've had plenty of stuff that was like, oh God, this needs like two more years in the barrel. I think it might be the barley. I think that the, mm -hmm. having such a high barley content because wheat really takes a step back to corn. But I think that this, maybe it's this barley that is really calming down that corn. Cause a lot of times... Corn whiskey, when it's young, or bourbon, it, it needs at least four to six years to really mellow out. Well, also, three years in Florida is probably like five years anywhere else. Well, but the thing is, there's not a whole lot of like temperature variation. Well, I guess, yeah, actually, though, especially yeah. in the wintertime, because yeah. um, you get 40 degrees in a single day. Yeah, no, for real. Like, I feel like they're, they're dealing with a little more temperature variation, which is going to give you faster maturation. And How does the humidity affect it? Because Florida deal. is, is Very, yeah, fluctuates yeah. day to day. Well, I would think that would saturate the barrels and make them less prone to suck in the distillate. But if but you have the, the humidity, most wood, if you have humidity and, and heat, you're going to have swelling and contracting more than you would at a regular. Well, Morgan's our expert mm. on wood swelling, so. Right. I do make yeah. a lot of wood swell. It's fine. <laughs> it's because I'm very humid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you have the, the swelling and contracting. So do you yeah. end up, because of it's well, a high humidity count yeah, versus so, a so, dry... So the, the more that happens, that's the more barrel influence you get on the thing. And it, it does. that's why a 12-year-old scotch versus a 6-year-old bourbon 
can be kind of similar in maturity because as in Scotland, cooler climates, less humidity mm-hmm. versus somewhere like Kentucky or in this case, Florida, where it's like it's hotter, more humid, you're getting into that barrel more, you're coming out of that barrel more, you're getting a lot more influence. It ages faster. So, yeah, so I, don't, the, I don't get a lot of barrel on this. I still think that a lot of this is the grain, the mash bill that is making this such a good taste. Like I would love to taste this at like eight years. But I feel like it's got to be the barrel that's like smoothing it out. Like Mike, it's really like usually on a young bourbon. I'm sorry. No, 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 um, usually on a young bourbon like this, you're, you're you're really getting the grain. And I appreciate that. Like you're like, oh, the barley is like drowning that out. But I feel like the barrel has got to be like smoothing it out, really cutting the corners on that. And uh, which I always find like the more time it's in the barrel, the more it kind of like calms it down. And it feels like this is kind of calmed down a little bit. Like it could be really grainy and unpleasant. And instead, it's kind of like the the high and low notes in this have been tapered down. It's like, okay, this is really approachable. All right. Actually, you know what it might be? Oh, I'm sorry, Maureen, you were answering. Oh, my curiosity was how the humidity affects it with like the whole angel share thing where if... Mm -hmm. There's, you know, your barrel swell and contract. If you well, have a lot of swelling and they can kind of go through it, the cracks it, it, on that. I mean, yeah, that is more angel share, which get, but then you're so, only aging for three years, so it's not as much as somewhere. But if you put that, a certain amount of gallons in and then yeah, I mean, that's, a quarter of it evaporates. That is like, interesting, though, that because Florida summer, there's a lot of evaporation. Mm-hmm. When uh, b- uh, by the afternoon, you've got a thunderstorm happening pretty much every day in the summertime. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but that would leave this... That would be interesting, though, because I guess if this is an 88-proof bourbon, that means that maybe they're experiencing, after they put the distillate in the barrels, a tremendous increase in proof because as you lose water, you gain proof in the barrel. Yep. And then they must be just proofing it down a lot more to add water back into that. I'm sure they are, yeah. Because you can't put... If, to be bourbon, when you put it in the barrel, it has to be a minimum of... Not 80-proof, right? It has to be a minimum of... Is it 80 proof? I don't know what it exactly it is when you put it in. It's usually more than that, though. There's a barrel it's... entry minimum and a barrel entry maximum. It's definitely more than 80 proof, though, is right. what you're usually putting into a bourbon. Is that a bourbon rule, or is that like a USDA-type law? Well, kind of the same. So if this, if you're going to sell a product in the United States and call it bourbon, it has to meet certain requirements. And mm-hmm. one of them is, I know the maximum barrel entry proof is 125. I forget what the minimum is, though. I think it might be 80. I don't know, and so I don't want to speak out of turn here, mm-hmm. but... I feel like this is probably going. I mean, no, it's eighty-eight. I'm. Sh- I would assume it's going in more than that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let maybe look that up and see what we can come up with there. But um, end of the day, Morgan, what do you think about it? I like it. I I think it's mm-hmm. nice. Now, John, would you prefer this or Weller's Special Reserve Green Label? Um. Well, I guess it depends on how we're drinking it. Um. I would probably be more interested in drinking this neat because I've had the Weller Special Reserve Green Label enough mm-hmm. that I. Would come back to this. Like I feel like I would take this over that. If yeah. you guys were to put this on a cocktail, what would you do with it? Ooh, um, probably an old fashioned. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> no, I, I like, don't know what. Really? I mean. What? A, no, um, no, no. It wasn't a, an insult. It was a. Yeah. Um, huh, I think okay. I'm sure it'd be good in old fashioned. I'm trying to think of other things. A revolver would be good in. What's an old revolver in? Uh, one of my favorite cocktails, it is uh, bourbon, um, coffee liqueur, and orange bitters. Mm. And I think this particular bourbon would be great in that. That would probably be wonderful. That that high wheat content would be good for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it would be great in Manhattan. I would not use it for that. 
with the, the like the no rye. I feel like you need a little bit of rye content to really make a good Manhattan. But uh, yeah, definitely a uh, old fashioned or, or a revolver would be great. All right, so who wants to hear why this was so confusing? Ooh, I do, I do. So according to Wikipedia, the federal standards of identity for distilled spirits uh, under 27 CFR section 5.22 and some subsections. Bourbon must be uh, bottled at uh, at least 80 proof. So that's, but it can't go into the barrel higher than 125 proof. So what's the minimum barrel entry? Well, it's got to be enough that you could put it in the bottle at 80 proof. Right. So I think it's just industry standards that decide what barrel entry proof you're going to do below sure. 125. Sure. That's why it's kind of confusing. Hmm. All right. So all that says we don't know what they do for yep. that, but it's got to be somewhere probably north of 100. Yeah. Now, um, fourth and final, we have the uh, the port finished bourbon. So it's the Florida straight bourbon we just had, but they finish it in port barrels. And like, why do you think? Um, so were there other port or were there other finished products there, not just with port? Um, not that I saw. What, what is it about port barrels that you think it is makes it such a good? Because a lot of folks choose port barrels over other types of wine. Is there some? It's it's got to be their particular distillate really meshes well because I got to think they tried other things. Well, think about like Angel's Envy. They were one of the leaders in that movement of finishing and they started with port too, right? I mean with their bourbon, yeah. Well, port's a lot more concentrated than a regular wine, isn't it? It's more of a, a concentrated fortified type. Yeah. I mean, I would. my guess would be that that local winery makes a lot of port and they have barrels to spare and that's how they came across that because I feel like initially it's got to be what's available. Yeah, you don't think that it's just like something unique to port as a wine. It's yeah. I mean, and I'm sure they tried. Again, I think they tried other things initially, and maybe this is just what hit hit well. It's like, hey, we we got some sherry, we got some cab. Well, I was gonna say with cab, I could see it being like a real like butting of heads and flavors. Nice peppery, dry type to it. Yeah. Like I'm surprised they they don't have a sherry one, but at the same time, I don't know this winery at all. Maybe they don't make a lot of sherry. Florida seems like not a great place for sherry. Yeah, so maybe it's like, hey, they can't really make sherry there. They make port, and that's what's available nearby, and they're all about local, like supporting local economies. So it's like, hey, we have this great winery that makes port. Let's use their barrels for this, which would explain why there's like a, so many port finished things. And not I, like I tried some other things. They didn't have anything that was not – anything that was finished was port finished. They didn't have other things, that, other finishings. They had other things that weren't finished, but they did not have – like, oh, there was a sherry finish and a Madeira finish and anything else. They none of that. It was just, hey, it's port finished or it's not finished at all. We're going to have to learn about the San Sebastian Winery and the, and the stuff they produce by reaching out to our colleagues down in Florida, mm -hmm. Florida Spirits guys. I'll be, I mean, I'll be back down there in a couple months and maybe I'll make a trip there. Yeah. And like, hey, let me. Well, it'd be fun if you can talk to one of the bartenders or, you know, yeah. you know, if you get a hold of somebody who's actually in management or one of the owners and say like, I know you have a good relationship with these guys. Why? Yeah, while the port. Tag them on this podcast episode. Yeah. We'll, yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll at them and they'll, I'm sure, get back to us and be like, hey, listen, this is why we are all about port. It's because <laughs> don't ever contact San Sebastian makes the best port in the Southeast. That's why we're about it. I'm like, cool, I'm on. Wow, this, this does have, a, I mean, this is very on the nose. Uh, with bread and wine. It is very different. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, it's really pleasant. 
Did you say how long in the port? They don't say exactly. Um, I would like to tell you, I have no idea. Let me see if it says on it the bottom. Mm. Look here. Nope. You know, the color of this is a little redder, but I don't think that it's all that different from the... Um, but if I had to guess, I'd say six months, but... Yeah, that's a little redder, but it's yep. also still pretty pretty brown. Yeah, my guess, my guess would be six... It's six twelve months, is my guess. That's kind of standard, right? For a yeah. lot of finishing? Yeah, I agree. Like, probably a year, like, that's always a good barometer for a finish, but six, six twelve months, I think, is accurate. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's my really it's my first reaction. There's a lot of heat in there for me. Really? Yeah. More so than the um the Florida Street bourbon. Oh, so much more so, yeah. Well, it's a little higher. But it's also it's much higher. 102 yeah. proof. Oh, right, right. I I don't get I mean, I get a little bit more heat than the previous one, mm -hmm. not that it doesn't bother me though. But I also think I'm very sensitive to the heat. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of things you guys have where you're like, "No, this is great." And I'm like, Soul. It's 130 proof. Oh, but it doesn't taste like that. It tastes like 112. Mm. Yeah, and especially too, I've heard people even on this podcast say like the higher the proof, the smoother it is. And I mean, that's I not, didn't say that. That might be like one or two people. Well, you get a lot of flavor with higher. I mean, if you can once you get taste past, past that, that. yeah. Mm. And I, I am trying, and I'm getting much better at it. That's why on the, on the higher proof stuff, it's good to have an ice cube. Open it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit of water. I do enjoy that. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, it's not fair to say always you get more flavor because some bourbons just uh, are, you know, fire at a certain proof. Yeah. It is nice, though. There's definitely a sweet start to it. Yeah, actually, I don't think I've, um, on the taste of it, said what I'm getting. But it is, I still get kind of like this um, weeded bourbon taste, but it's definitely got a lot of fun and interesting kind of, you can tell, I feel like, uh, that it's wine finished. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of dark fruit, a little cherry. You can mm. see it. But definitely some totally. dark fruit to it. Actually, you know what's funny is I didn't want to say this because it's very basic to say, but I was like, oh, this tastes more like bourbon. But cherry is a very uh, dominant flavor in a lot of bourbons. Cherry and vanilla. Yeah. I don't get much, I don't get any vanilla, but I get a lot of cherry. I could get vanilla on this. Oh, really? Absolutely. There you yeah. go. There you go. Mm. They do have that in the official tasting note. On the palate, vanilla. Well, they I also have vanilla dark cherry. cherry for sure. Do you get honeysuckle? That's on the official tasting of this too. Not at all. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know what honeysuckle oh. tastes honeysuckle like. Honeysuckle is so good. It, can you describe honeysuckle in reference to honey? Um, it is. It's like watered down honey. Yeah, it's a sweeter. It's a, a more floral fragrance. Mm. And then when you actually take off a honeysuckle flower, you suck off the back end. Oh wait, I've done that. Yeah, so it's like that that light honey flavor, but it's not at all honey. Oh, it's a very light floral flavor. I think I remember doing that as a younger person. Yeah, because you just pick off, it's a little white flower, and you always, or at least that's what I was told when yep. I was little. You pick it off, you suck off the back end, and you're like, lovely. It turns out that Morgan is just used to like sucking on the back end of angel trumpets. <laughs> and that explains so much. These were all poppy seeds and yeah. poppy plants, and <laughs> she was high as fuck. Um, <laughs> Well, no, this is just delightful. I'm very proud of uh, of what St. Augustine has done. St. Augustine Distilling. Yeah, well, I was there and I tried like four or five other things and they were honestly all really good. I was very impressed by the whole selection. I am excited to go back at some point. Um, and they do great work. So if you're in Florida, get them St. Augustine Distillery. Um, get their products. They're great. Um, 
I, I really can't think of one I didn't like. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go. What was, your, what was your favorite of the four we tried? Um, I actually, I think, you know, favorite's hard because they're all so different. I think the one that I would really love to drink again soon would mm -hmm. be the gin because it's summertime right now. It'd be nice to put some ice on that. What about you guys? Really? Boy? I'm I'm right there with you on the gin. Like uh, the second you said we can put it, or we said we like put it in a cocktail. A bee's knees sounds so nice with that. I did really like the Flourish straight though too. Very cool. I would um, actually love this port finished bourbon. <clears throat> I would love to drink this more, and I will um, just on its own. And then the rum, I would love to do some cocktails, like try some tiki cocktails with it and see what happens. It's so unique that port finish. Like I'm really excited to try that at some things. Um, and see how it plays out. So, really cool stuff. Check out St. Augustine Distillery if you're in, if you're in the area. Really cool. Uh, guys, thanks so much for being here. This Thank was awesome. You. Yeah. Really. Thank you for bringing us back. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll see you all next time on uh, Chai Spirits, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah.